Hello, Skillman Church. My name is Joel Sanchez, and it is a pleasure and a privilege to be able to share the word with you today. Uh, I was back in the day a former preaching minister at Skillman, and uh, it was a time that I remember with a great amount of joy, made some incredible friendships, and uh, it's just an awesome honor to be able to do this with you. John Mark, thank you so much for the opportunity uh, and to the leadership as well. Um, just to be able to connect with you guys, even in this virtual environment. Uh, we're going to get into the Word. I've got 15 minutes uh, to share with you all, so that's like an introduction normally in my book. So uh, we're going to rock and roll. We're going to get started, and uh, hopefully you are blessed and you are encouraged. Let's pray. Lord God, we thank you for the opportunity that we have and that I have uh, to, to be able to connect uh, with people that I love and that have been an important part of my journey and the ministry uh, that I've been on. And God, I pray that as we open your word today, uh, that we would be blessed and encouraged and inspired and challenged by it. We pray these things and we give you thanks in Jesus' name. Amen. So uh, we start off uh, today in the Gospel of John, uh, chapter 13, verse 35. And I want to give you um, a little bit of a background. I think that Background is incredibly important when you're getting into God's Word so that you can figure out exactly uh, what's happening. Um, John chapter 13, verse 35 is, is sort of Jesus gathering his disciples and letting them know the end is coming. We're going to wrap this thing up. The, the cross is uh, right behind me, and there's some things that, that God, that Jesus needs to uh, set in motion. There's some things that he needs to organize uh, for them. There's some things that are incredibly important. Maybe those of you that have children, you remember the very first time that you left them alone at home, right? Whether it's just for the day or whether it's for a week, uh, you're going out of town and maybe you sat down with, with all of them and you said, okay, mom and dad are gonna be gone and so here are the rules and here's what you do, here's what you don't do, here's what's important, uh, here's our cell phone, uh, obviously here's where we're gonna be if you have any problems, any issues. Um, this is, I believe, what Jesus is uh, doing. The disciples are getting together and Jesus is saying, hey, I'm, I'm going to leave. The cross is coming up really quickly and there's some things that I want you to know. There's some things that I want you uh, to understand. There are some things that are going to be foundational. If this operation is going to succeed, if, if this thing that I have poured three years of my life in, if it is going to work, uh, there's some things that, that I need you to know and there's some things that uh, you need to understand. And, and the question that Jesus is addressing with them is, um, there has to be a way, once I'm gone, there has to be a way that other people know that you are my disciples. There has to be a way that other people know that you are my followers. Up until this point, uh, it's been easy. It's a small group of people, and, and Jesus is, for the most part, always with them. So it's very easy to identify who Jesus' disciples are because he is always with them. But now Jesus is telling them, I'm going to be gone, and, and somehow the world needs to know, not only here locally, but, but this is a movement that's going to expand beyond. You have no idea what's coming. Uh, people need to know uh, how is it that, that we can stand out? How is it that, that we can be identified as, as disciples? And I, I don't know, I, I think, I, whenever I read scripture, I always think about, what would I do if I was in the crowd? If I was there, if I was among the disciples, what would I have done? And when Jesus maybe uh, posited that question, I would said, you know what, Jesus, I think we should all get uniforms. 
you know, kind of like the people that work at Target, you know, you go to Target, you have no idea where anything is, and you know you're looking for the person that's wearing khakis and red. Um, so don't ever go to Target wearing khakis and red because people are going to think you work there. Um, but I, I would have proposed uniforms, right? Hey guys, can we maybe, maybe like a, I don't know, like, like white sandals and, and like, like a blue toga? I have no idea. That would have been my suggestion. Maybe somebody else in the crowd would be like, hey, how about if we all get face tattoos? Right, like a big J on the side, right, or, or like a cross, just something. Um, I don't know if maybe somebody would have been like, you know what, I think we should get like a specific hairstyle or like a haircut. Because that, that's, that's in a crowd, imagine just a crowd of people, 100, 1,000 people, and everybody has the same haircut, or there's a group of people that are wearing the same clothes. You can immediately pick them out. That's what I would have voted for. I would have voted for some sort of external marker that would have been very clear from the instant you see that person. That's a follower of Jesus. They're wearing the white sandals. That's a follower of Jesus. They got the full hawk. That's a follower of Jesus. They got the big J on the side. And, and what Jesus tells them is, listen, the way that I want people to know that you belong to me is not by any outward sign. We're not wearing uniforms. We're not getting tattoos. We're not all getting the same haircut. Um, that, that's not what's going to work. It's not an outward thing. It's an inward thing. It, it, it's something... That, that comes from the inside. And you wonder, Jesus, why, why are you so concerned? Why, why are you so concerned about this um, when, when you're about to get crucified and things are about to get turned upside down? Why, why do you want to take this moment to do this? Here's, here's I believe why. I believe that, that Jesus is understanding that if this transition is going to work, right, if the transition from, from Jesus being on site and, and being around physically present um, and, and now he's going to be gone, if that transition is going to work, if this is going to be successful, um, I, I've got to let these guys know and understand what are the things that are critical and what are the things that are incredibly important, right? In the middle of a transition, you need to know what are the values, what is it that is foundational, what is it that we're going to carry on, what's important, what's not important. When you're moving from one stage to another, from one season uh, to another, even when you're moving from one house to another, isn't it true that all of a sudden when you're moving, you're like, well, wait a second, I don't, I don't, I'm not sure I want to take all this junk. Right. I'm, I'm not sure we're going to pare down. We're moving and we want to pare down. Even if you're moving to a bigger house, you may say, I don't want to take all this old stuff with me. So you sit down and you pare it down to the essentials, to to those things that are really important. That's what Jesus is doing in John 13. He's like, hey, guys, we need to get together and I need to let you know the things that are incredibly critical and the things that are incredibly important. And he says in John uh, chapter 13 in the gospel of John uh, chapter 13 I'm going to read verse 34 and 35 it says a new command I give you love one another as I have loved you so you must love one another by this everyone will know that you are my disciples if you love one another so so Jesus sets the ground he sets the tone and he says hey um, people are going to have to know that you belong to me there's going to have to be a way that we can be clearly identified as, as the fact that you are following me. 
And and Jesus says, and and listen, I, I, I've read your ideas, right? We, we put a suggestion box outside before you guys came in, and I read the ideas about getting uniforms, and I read the ideas about getting tattoos, and I read the idea about all getting the same haircut. And Jesus is like, I'm going to veto all of that, right? And, and you could hear the guys being like, oh, this is crazy. I'm going to veto all of that. Instead, he, here's the way that I want that I want, I want you to live your life in such a way with one another that by the way that you love each other, it's going to be, listen, this is crazy. The way that you love each other is going to be so radically different from the way that everybody else loves everybody else that you're going to stand out. The way that you communicate, the way that you live with one another is going to be so profoundly different from the way that the culture around you loves and, and interacts that, that it's going to stand out. You're not going to need uniforms. You're not going to need haircuts or tattoos. This inward thing that, that is happening in you is going to be so evident that other people are going to see it and they're going to be able to identify an outward result based on an inward behavior. It's, it's absolutely shocking and, and groundbreaking. Let me, let me talk to you, let me hang that for a moment, um, and, and let me just talk to you about um, the church and, and, and why maybe at times um, we've, we've lost our way in that. As a pastor, I, I get a chance to talk to people, a lot of different people. I get a chance to talk to people who, who come uh, to church and, and sometimes they'll tell me, you know, I, I haven't been to church in, in 10 years, in 20 years, in 30 years. I grew up in church, right? And, and I'll say, what, what, what happened? What, what is it that kept you away? And, and not, not everybody, but, but the story for a lot of people is the church that I grew up in didn't act like a church. The Christians that were around, my mom was, my dad was a Christian, my, 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 mom, my, my, my dad was an elder, my, my mom served in the church, and, and yet um, what we lived at home was completely different uh, from what we lived at church. And when I went to church, I saw people uh, that, that weren't living the way that they were supposed to live. There was division, and there was discord, and there was arguing, and so as a result of that, I, I walked away from my faith because um, they were supposed to act one way, and, and they ended up acting a totally different way and so you'll find a lot of people that that have lost their way in the gospel because the church didn't act like the church because Christians didn't love one another the way that Jesus has called us to love one another one of the most heartbreaking things heartbreaking things for me has been in this season in the season where uh, life has been turned upside down right there's there's covid and we don't know where that's going to end and on top of that there's all the racial tension in our country that seems to flare up and and is not going away uh, on the other end you also have elections that are coming up and it's ugly and it's vicious and one of the most hurtful things for me to be able to see is to hop on social media and to see Christians attacking other Christians, uh, to see Christians behaving in such a way um, that, that is so incredibly divisive. We don't know how to disagree with one another. We don't know how to hold different opinions and still be respectful of one another. We don't know how to be kind with one another. We don't know how to be gracious with one another. And in a time in, in our world when, when, when people desperately want to see the church be united and, and they need people to come together and to show love and grace and kindness and compassion in the middle of 
of a world that is hurting, one of the most heartbreaking things is to see Christians and to see church people espousing an incredible amount of hatred towards one another and division towards one another. Can I tell you something? The world looks at that and makes a judgment about your faith and about my faith. Jesus gathers the disciples and, and he gets them together and he says, um, I, I want to tell you the one thing that I want you to be known for. Jesus, is it, are, are we going to have a theme? I think we should have a theme song. Let's have a theme song. Just like we're not having a theme song. We're not having a theme song. We already covered that. I, I want you to love one another in such a way that, that it stands out. That is what I want to be the marker of your faith. That's huge. That, that Jesus could have, could have chosen anything. He, he could have told them absolutely anything in the world. And he said, it, it's, not, it, it's not about uh, how you dress. It's not about um, the songs that you sing. It's not about even how you sing those songs. It, it's, it's about, are you going to love one another? Everything else is secondary to that. If you do that, you've accomplished the mission. If you do that, you've done exactly what I want you to do. So the question and the challenge ongoing for us is, am I loving my neighbor, am, am I loving others the way that Jesus has loved me? Sometimes we say, but, but it's just, it's hard. It's hard. When you, when you open up the Bible, when you go to the book of Acts, when you go to the book of Romans, when you go to 1st and 2nd Corinthians, when, when you look at the New Testament church, the, the church that was emerging, what you see is a, a, an amazing, amazing movement where the hand of God, the Spirit of God supernaturally causes um, these, these group of, of men that are just plain and ordinary and through the power of God, they are able to affect change and, and they're able to create a movement that literally transforms the world. And, and, and when you see that, you, you can't help but be amazed. When you study, like study the early church, and I always tell people, I say, you know, you, you can see the hand of God and you can see the power of God and you can see God working in his church. You take a group of people that have no building, they have no resources, they have no staff, they have no budget, they have no missions program, um, they, they have no means of rapid transportation, they have no access to technology, um, they, they don't have any positions of power and on the contrary, they are right in the bullseye being pursued by the greatest empire of that time, right? There's all of these things that, that are coming against this small humble group of people and yet they are able to thrive and they are able to survive in spite of it all and you can see the power and the hand of God in that and amen and praise God but when you flip through the pages of Acts and Romans and first and second Corinthians you can't miss the fact that the early church had an incredible amount of conflict there was cultural conflict and religious conflict and and racial tension that was in there and Paul and Peter and the apostles are skillfully trying to to make sure that this movement that is so young and that is incredibly fragile doesn't fall apart. And so a lot of the letters to the churches are basically the apostles telling them, hey guys, don't, don't fall away because of this. Don't, don't
don't divide, don't, don't, don't fall apart, don't go uh, following your culture or, or your race or whatever it was, but keep the unity because the success of the gospel, the success of this enterprise does not depend on the songs that we sing. It doesn't depend on how we dress. It doesn't depend on, on a whole lot of things. It depends on whether we can actually love one another so much that it becomes the one thing above everything else that defines us. It was that important to them. It was that critical to them that they fought for the unity of the body. Well, you know, it's just... I, I, just, I just have a hard time, you know? I'm, I'm just not that kind. I'm, I'm just a straightforward kind of person. You know, if I don't like you, if I disagree with you, I just, I don't know, I just say it, and if you like it, you like it, and if you don't, you don't. Hey, guess what? Guess what? The moment you become a Christian, the moment you become a Christian, the moment you become a part of the tribe, the moment that you become a part of the group, the moment that you sign on the dotted line, at that moment, your own interests and, and your own desires and, and your own will now becomes subservient to the will and the interests and the desire of what God has called you to do through his church and in his church. Why, why is this so incredibly important? Here's why it's incredibly important because the unity of the church is at stake. You know, Jesus, Jesus died for the church. When Jesus comes back, have you read what the Bible says? I, you know, the, when Jesus comes, when the bridegroom comes back, you know who he's coming back for? He's not coming back for you individually. Some of you are like, are you serious? He's not coming back for you individually. Every time that you read scripture, you talk about Jesus, the, the, he's, coming, he's coming back for the church. He's coming back for the body. He's coming back. It's not just you that's going to be cap raptured up in there, just you by yourself being like, yo, guys, it's just me. It's going to be you. It's going to be me. It's gonna, he died for the church, and he's jealous for it. He's zealous for it. Because within the church exists the power of the gospel. Within the church exists the mission of God represented here on earth. So the unity that God calls us to have, the unity and the love for one another that Jesus is asking his disciples to have is not just so that we can get along and be happy and not fight. It's because the greater mission of reaching a world that is lost and broken and dying lives and breathes on the power and on the authority of a church that is united. This is not just about three or 20 or 100 or 1,000 people on a Sunday morning getting along. It's part of God's greater plan. That's why I believe that one of the ways that the enemy undermines the gospel is by undermining the unity in the church. If he can undermine that, if he can attack that, if he can assail that, if he can break that, 
then that body, that group of Christians, that group of disciples, that group of believers loses its ability to witness in the world. The Bible says it. By this, it says in his word, by this, everyone will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. I think it's absolutely crazy that the one marker, the one identifier of whether I I'm actually a disciple and a follower of Jesus is whether I love the others that God has placed in my, in my path and in my journey. How hard is it? How hard is it to love? It's easy to love people when you agree with them. It's easy to love people when they love you back. It's easy to love people when, when you're just like them and when you think like them. It's easy to love the people that live in your neighborhood. It's easy to love the people that, that, that are similar to you. But how hard is it to love people that voted differently from you? How is it? How hard is it to love people that, that, that maybe have different views than you do? How, how, how hard is that? But but Jesus says, Jesus says, oh, by the way, in case some of you are sitting around, and you're like, I don't I don't know how to love. I, I have no idea how to do this. Jesus is like, I'm, I'm can I can I give you can I give you just like can I just maybe guide? And I he says um, by this, everyone will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. But then he tells them in verse 34, he says, a new command I give you love one another as I have loved you and you wonder and you say well jesus why is that a new command because leviticus and exodus right it talks about love your neighbor as yourself so so the command in itself is not new what is new is the example what jesus says is the way that i have loved you jesus how have you loved me you have loved me in such a way that even when i didn't love you you loved me back Jesus, you have loved me in such a way that in the midst of my sin, when I wanted nothing to do with you, you came and you chased after me. That's how you've loved me. Jesus, you love me in such a way that even when I am rebellious and when I walk away from you, you still love me. Jesus, you have loved me in such a way that when I could give and offer nothing and give nothing to you, you came and you gave your life on the cross and you sacrificed yourself for me. That's how much you've loved me. And so Jesus says, I've set the example, I've set the tone, I've set the pace. This is how I want you to love one another in the very same way that I have loved you. Jesus gives this command to the disciples right before he lets them know that one of them is going to betray him. Jesus gives this command to the disciples right before that, having washed their feet. Jesus gives this command to the disciples knowing that Peter would deny him. He knew exactly what, I, I think he knew what he was doing. My, my encouragement to you as an individual, my encouragement to you as a church that you would preserve the unity of the body at all costs. Not just so that the church is happy, not, not just so that we can thrive, not just so that we can get along, not just so that, but, but listen, listen, because the gospel, the mission for, 
for which God sent his son, the reason why Jesus died on the cross, lives and thrives on the unity and on the love that we have for one another. We are to love one another in such a way that when outsiders see the way that we love one another, they would recognize they belong to God. May our love abound, may it abound, especially in a season where there is an incredible amount of chaos and turmoil and uncertainty and fear and anxiety and division and hatred. That rather than the church imitating the world, that the church would stand out like God has always called it to do. And that we would be able to come together and say, we may not vote the same, we may not think the same, we may not be the same race, but above all, the one thing that binds us and brings us together is that Jesus has washed us and saved us. And at the foot of the cross, at the feet of the cross, everything else is irrelevant. Only him we worship and only him we praise. I pray that you are encouraged. I pray that you're blessed by God's word today. Thank you so much for this opportunity. I love you and I miss you guys. Stay well. God bless.